God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. So, uh, you know, there's a couple of things that are trending on the Internet that uh, I wanted to share with you all. And that would be uh, Clay Higgins. So Clay Higgins is uh, a congressman that was basically grilling Christopher Ray, And... Uh, He's from Louisiana, and uh, he was talking about the ghost buses, not ghost busters, but ghost buses. <laughs> so, uh, it's, you know, it's interesting, uh, to say the least, because I remember when this was happening, and uh, we never did really get an answer for it. So, we have... Um, a couple of uh, um, things we're going to be sharing with you with regard to uh, Ray testimony. And also, um, we're going to talk about some of the um, the woke BS. And we're going to talk about uh, a lot of other issues as well. But um, the, woke, the woke thing is, is a real thing. And then also corruption in government um we have the uh i think that one of the things that's so important for us today is that we need to have campaign finance reform especially when it comes to these corporate donations and we need more forensic auditing um, we need a more transparent system too often people are uh, candidates and politicians are getting their money from outside sources and they're selling out our country and betraying and committing treason and betraying the trust of the people. And uh, the other countries outside of our borders don't necessarily have the American be best interest at heart, yet we're footing the bill for just about everything, every war, everything. 
We're footing the bill for it. We're paying for it. And the salaries who we pay, we're paying for these salaries. You take, you know, Gavin Newsom, for example, you know, that statement, that boneheaded statement that he made regarding, you know, President Xi, you know, Xi Jinping um, from uh, China, right? CCP. Comes to San Francisco, and to Gavin Newsom's credit, he admitted it. He said, yeah, we're cleaning up. You know, you clean up the house when you have guests over. And so he's basically serving China's interest, not America's interest, not the people who pay his salary's interest. He should be keeping that house clean every, every day of the week. That's what he was hired to do. But instead, he outright admitted it. And, you know, San Francisco has fallen well below the standard. Cal Berkeley, all these liberal cities have really fallen to the, they've just fallen. You know, they've gone to to hell in a handbasket, hell in Haiti, or what do they call it? Haiti in a handbasket. I think that's what they call it. Um, but yeah, so we, we are going to be um, addressing a lot of this stuff because these outside corporate donations, whether it's, uh, I think it was, um, I think Tur- Turkey's influencing a lot of politicians. Eric Adams is the mayor of New York, and the FBI confiscated, whoops, we'll go ahead and uh, take this, uh, we'll, t- we'll take this call since it rang through. Um, all right, caller, you're on the air. Hey, buddy, how are you doing today? Pretty good. So, have you ever seen such a failure in government? No, no. I mean, it, it's, more than, it's more than worse. what we're experiencing right now. No, but see, day. because before, you know, you, you we used to have debates on the issues, and the Democrats would always try to sort of lie and say that their social spent socialized programs weren't going to increase taxes or something like that. They, they were afraid of that. Now they just outright say, yeah, of course we're going to raise your taxes, but everybody's going to live like a socialist com- communist citizen and everybody's going to have equity. And that's why we're going to raise your taxes. It's like they don't even hide it anymore. They used to hide the fact that the borders were open or they were advocating for open borders because they're getting paid off by the cartels and the corporations wanted the cheap labor and they were going to exploit the... Uh, uh, IDs of these illegals into ballots and rig elections. Now they're outright saying it. I remember when Hillary Clinton gave a speech, a private speech before, like I think it was Morgan Stanley, and she denied that she said it. And it was a recording and she was kind of advocating for open borders. This was like in 2015. And now all of a sudden you got Mayorkas you know, requesting more funding to process more illegals and put them and inject them into our country because the corporations love it. The cartels love it. I know they do. There, there, there are so many hidden entities that do business in warehouses and and they're just full of illegals working. Yeah. That's what I see here in Utah. Yeah. You know, and it's almost like, I mean... Government, I mean, from, from the beginning with this COVID thing, we, we, we give X amount of millions and billions of dollars, soon to the tune of trillions, for medical research. They take that money, give it to all these people. They're over in China. 
developing bioweapons. stuff, bioweapons to, to reattack on us. And then they come in and try to save the day, and they can't even do that. It's you the got old- this, this, F, this FBI guy. What is he doing? He's claiming now that Mayorkas has let all these people in, and now we have a very high level of terrorist attack threat in this country. Like, what, what, what's the holdup on the impeaching these guys and stripping them of their position? Well, and shame, and, and shame on joke. the, shame on the, I think it was, uh, what was it? I think it was uh, eight. Yeah, it was eight. Eight Republicans voted to not impeach Mayorkas. And they were the same Republicans that were going to, going to battle for McCarthy. They, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's the worst I've ever seen right now. I, I mean, it's almost like we're living in like a cl- this is a clown show at the highest level I've ever seen. Right. I, mean, I don't even know why we follow laws. I mean, you got guys on the local radios here talking about how to you know acquire an automatic machine gun and all the hoops you got to go through. But yet this this clown leaves eighty five billion dollars worth of military hardware in a foreign country that I paid for and you paid for. The God knows who. We don't even know who got that. Oh, Hamas got it. We know. We actually know who got it. Hamas. Yeah. They're they're taking (laughs) pictures of weapons that are being fired at Israel, and they're saying, "Oh, these were from Afghanistan." That that was an eighty-five million. Eighty? No, was it eighty-five billion or eighty-five million? Eighty-five billion. Yeah. So that was an eighty. And you know who? You know who got rich in the early millennium? Um, it was Kofor Black and Mitt Romney. And Kofor Black was Mitt Romney's campaign advisor in 2012. And um, they were together in the a- Afghan war and the Iraqi war. And Kofor Black, you know, was head of Black. He was uh, running Blackwater for a time. He was uh, director at CIA or assistant deputy director or something like that. He was on the board of Burisma. He was knee-deep in mercenaries, uh, because that's what they did at Blackwater, um, and he was uh, involved in the coup in in the Ukraine in 2014, working with Jeffrey Pyatt and Victoria Nuland. So this Kofor Black guy, and this is the reason why Mitt Romney, you know, wanted to fund Ukraine till the end of the uh, end of the oh, earth, yeah. and then uh, uh, that's why he exploits these wars, because... Mitt Romney's the financier, and Kofor Black is the fixer. He is the guy. He's the boots-on-the-ground operative that has all the connections and the clandestine connections and operations, and and somebody needs to finance that, and that's a guy like Mitt Romney. Oh, yeah, Mitt Romney stepped down. He got real quiet after... And and this is nothing new because Stefan Halper was the guy that was working on Herbert Walker Bush's campaign against Reagan. And then, of course, Reagan and Herbert Walker Bush didn't like each other at all. But then when Reagan won the nomination, he was coerced, I believe, into picking Herbert Walker Bush as the, you know, in order to get. Um, the support of the entire party. It's sort of like what Trump had to do when he picked Pence, right? He had to get some people that could work with Paul Ryan and some other people, these rhinos, right? So he had to sort of get somebody in there that could get some things wheels turning. But 
Keep in mind that 60, 69 days into Reagan's presidency, assassination attempt by a Hinckley who had a, whose family had a dinner meeting with one of the other Bushes that same week. You know, and, and yeah. um, um, by the way, nothing for nothing, but uh, Stefan Halper, the advisor to Herbert Walker Bush, was directly involved in setting up the meetings with, um, uh, with, with uh, the Crossfire Hurricane and the Russian hoax. He was directly involved. Yeah. Stefan Halper was. They called him the Walrus. Yeah, I've, com- I've completely lost all faith in the, the government of this country as far as doing anything good for the United States citizen oh. and taxpayer. There is, gone. There, there is just too much corruption. But, you know, we would have probably known not even half of this. We would have not known that fa- the news was so fake until Trump just blatantly came out and said, fake news, you're fake news. And people were like, ah, he's just being agitated. No, no, no. He was really speaking truth to power there. Trump was right about almost everything. Just about. Yep. Just about. The only thing I don't, I don't think I, he was right about was this vaccine stuff. Yeah. And, he was uh, wrong about that, and he was wrong about the hires. Like, he, he, he hired Chris Ray. He shouldn't have never like done it. Just like you said, he had to keep the wheels moving to get yeah. going. Yeah. That's it. I, I, you, don't, you don't take over a corporation and clean house and try to start over. you got to keep the income coming in and the money moving, and then you got to work through it and see what's going on. Right. I, I think that, a man that just came out of the private sector doing business. I think that people would be surprised politics. if they knew what kind of um, Hopkins choices, uh, you know, what kind of choices Trump had to make. Sometimes they're not, you know, they're not uh, so, so uh, clear. They're not like positive, negative, right? It's not that easy. There are gradients, you know, percentages, and you have to factor all the, you have to factor all the factors in. To make I mean, decisions on these just, things. I'm watching all these hearings and stuff right now, and these people are blatantly corrupt and play us for like stupid buffoons. Yeah, it's and because they're 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 beholden the they're beholden to the largest monopolies the world has ever seen, and that's the BlackRock, Vanguard, uh, State yep. Street monopolies. These multinational yep. corporations are completely controlling. Uh, controlled by the uh, these investors, who's basically they're taking it's like a Ponzi scheme, you know, like Madoff, where he got all this money. Yeah, it's, it's like good, it's like Goodfellas when they uh, were took over the restaurant and they were charging up the guy's credit card and then running all the material out the back door and making cash. Exactly, on. but uh, but even with Madoff, he would take he would take he would take in about $19 billion, but he had assets worth about six sixty billion, right? So, I mean, the idea was, is then when, it, if everybody called to want their money back, he, 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 he ended up collapsing like signature, signature bank or one of these bank collapses. So what happens is you're holding enough to, to pay off uh, people who want to get their, collect their money, um, you know, like because you're getting money from like 60 people and you're given one payment out to one person, you could afford to do that. So it's a Ponzi scheme. And that's what's happening with, uh, you know, that's Social what, Security. <laughs> what's that? 
Oh, yeah, it's, it's just yeah, a, it's just well, it's a, well, no, no, no. That's what BlackRock is doing. BlackRock uh, doesn't really own anything. They, yeah, and they, you know what the problem is? People don't look at their asset allocations and find out who the heck they are asking, giving this money to. And your pension plans, your annuities, your stocks, doing some deep research instead of everyone just throws it in. They have the well, well, they have leverage at the top of like they they control. The boards, like fifteen, they have fifteen percent of like every corporation, or eight percent, or whatever sure. they need, sure. whatever they need to actually have the dominant voice in each corporation. And so then, what happens and then, is and now they're buying up all the single-family real estate in the whole country. Yeah, and they've done that. And Blackstone, I think, is probably an offshoot of BlackRock, and um, and and they're doing it, but they're going to start to liquidate because. Um, the housing market is looking like it's going to last for another year before it starts to really go down and they want to get they want to unload their their portfolio before that happens and I think you're going to see inventory increase what's once, that once they cut the interest rates again next year which they're going to because they now you got the big corporations complaining they're not making money home depots losing money lows you go in those stores they're empty they're not making any money no one's buying no one's fixing up their houses no more. So once they start crying the blues and their shareholders start saying, what's going on? You'll see Powell and the Federal Reserve start cutting the interest rate. Right. Right. I've read All that. All Americans start buying gold and silver. That's what they should do. Pull their money out well, of the banks and well, what, on well, the, 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 when, when he starts cutting the interest rates, the money's going to start flowing again. That's true. And it's going to de- we're still going to have a devalued currency. And then when you have competition from BRICS and some other currencies that are starting to really um, take, take fold, uh, I think you're going to have a problem with the dollar. That's going to be really Armageddon at that point. Pretty simple. Just get back to drilling and, and, and drilling here. Making our own oil, exporting it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, get back to tariffs. Remember, remember the t- Trump. Everyone thought I was crazy. Saying tariffs are good. Oh no, that's going to cost us more money. You stupid moron, <laughs> moron. Yeah, I got to go, buddy. Take care. Thank you for listening. Take care. All right, that was a lively caller. Um, if you want to call in today, it's two one five eight six seven eight two five five. That's 215 Top Talk. Top Talk. That's how it goes. Um, we have a couple of audio clips that we want to play. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and cue them up now. This one is just totally off the hook. So this is uh, Clay Higgins. This is trending. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't play this one today. This was from. Uh, this is from November 15th. Members of the executive branch before us. It's important to reflect upon the simple fact that ultimately Americans are quite capable of defending our own soil, our own cultures and communities against foreign invasion or against armed oppression from within. However, it's far more threatening to our republic if our own government facilitates criminal invasion, and it is incredibly threatening to our citizenry, 
If our government's highest levels of law enforcement coordinate organized campaigns of weaponized oppression, oppression, harassment, investigation, arrest and prosecution, and imprisonment of free Americans, that, Mr. Chairman, is the primary threat our homeland indeed faces today. Secretary Mayorkas, I've noted you as a worthy adversary, sir, for two and a half years, but my issue is not with you today. I'm done with you. I've completed my investigative work. It's quite extensive. I've filed my articles of impeachment against you, and I've, I've provided my investigative work to the appropriate committee. So let me just say that my articles have been filed, and my time with you is done. Director Ray, last year, you might recall, sir, our exchange regarding the FBI's involvement on January 6th and prior. I'm happy to jog your memory to quote, according to the record, I ask you, did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol on January 6th prior to the doors being opened? You responded, I quote, again, I have to be very careful of what I say. To which I said, it should be a no. Can you not tell the American people no? We did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol on January 6th. A year has passed. We sit here again a year later, we the people still do not have a definitive answer from you or anyone else in the Biden administration regarding the FBI presence and participation in the months leading up to the November election and in the weeks and days prior to January 6th and on January 6th here in D.C. We can't get a straight answer, although we have a tremendous amount of evidence harvested and reviewed over the course of the last year, which you will see. In September, Stephen D'Artano, formerly in charge of the FBI's field office in Washington, D.C., testified to the House Judiciary Committee that he was aware the FBI informants would attend the Stop the Steal rally thrown on January 6th. You confirmed that the FBI had confidential human sources at the Stop the Steal rally on January 6th here in D.C., sir? Congressman, as we've discussed before, I'm not going to get into where we have or have not used confidential human sources. But what okay, I can we'll tell move you, on. you asked for a definitive We'll move answer. on. It's my time. You said no. You're not going to answer. That's cool. We're watching. Mr. Chairman, may you're, I answer you're, the question? The moment, moment will come. This is my time. Earlier this year, an FBI informant who is reported to have, quote, his quote, under oath, marched to the U.S. Capitol with fellow Proud Boys members on January 6th, close quote. He said he was communicating with his FBI handler while people were entering the U.S. Capitol. Can you confirm that the FBI had that sort of engagement with your own agents embedded within to the crowd on January 6th. 
If you are asking whether the violence at the Capitol on January 6th was part of some operation orchestrated by FBI sources and or agents, the answer is emphatically You're saying not. no? No. You're saying no? Not okay. violence orchestrated Let's by FBI on. sources or agents. Are you familiar with, with, you know what a ghost vehicle is? Director, director of the FBI certainly should. You know what a ghost bus is? A ghost bus? Ghost bus. I'm not sure I've used that term before. Okay. Well, it's pretty common in, in law enforcement. It's a vehicle that's that's used for secret purposes. It's painted over. These two buses in the middle here, they were the first to arrive at Union Station on January 6th, 0500. I have all this evidence. I'm showing you a tip of this iceberg. Mr. Chairman. These two buses Mr. are Chairman. painted completely white. Point of order. Point of order. Sure. Just run over the time. I understand, but you'll recall that Ms. Jackson Lee's been allowed to go two minutes before. I've been very fair in letting people finish their questioning throughout my tenure as chairman, and I'll continue to be fair on that regard. But I will make a note to the members, if you could stay as close within your time as possible, we have a lot of people that want to ask these gentlemen questions. So with that, the gentleman yields. But uh, your your point, I've been very fair in this, Mr. Ivey, uh, with I, everybody I, I, on this side of the aisle just as much. I don't think I accuse you of being unfair, Mr. Chairman. Uh, uh, you're, you're making a point. Order. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I now recognize, now recognize Mr. May Gray. I close this, this statement, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. No, Mr. no I, I, think, I think your time is expired, Mr. I note that, that other members across the aisle have been, been granted time, and I object well, to, my, to my question being, well, being closed. This is a very significant hearing, Mr. Chairman, and these buses are nefarious in nature and were filled with FBI informants dressed as Trump supporters you, and deployed onto our Capitol on January 6th. You made, your day you is your, coming, Mr. Your point, Mr. Uh, Higgins. I now well, it's really a shame that Mr. Uh, Clay Higgins got cut off there, and I was a little surprised that the chairman didn't allow him to finish that. That was riveting to me. Like, that's where we need to be in this questioning. And it was just shut down. And and the thing is, is that here's a guy from J6th. He's got uh, tattoos on his face and Funky earrings, you know, that are, he doesn't, he doesn't look like a conservative but, or a Trump supporter, but he is. And he's there, he was there on J6th. And he was videotaping what he was seeing in real time. So the man, uh, the man that we're going to let you hear on January 6th, he describes and shows unmarked police vehicles escorting suspected Antifa ghost buses to the Capitol. You got to ask yourself, I mean, who actually is financing all these Palestinian protests that have become so violent? Who, 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 is, who is financing? Who financed all of those people that came with their masks, their helmets, their axe hammers, you know, the whole thing. Because those were not Trump supporters that did that on J 6th. Yet just last week, the FBI had a SWAT team out there 
to go get a uh, 70-something-year-old army veteran, a war hero, someone who served his country and doesn't have a record, uh, criminal record of any kind whatsoever. And he was hunted down, I think in Florida, and brought, uh, told, I think he was, I, I have to look up the story, but I think he was going to get arrested and thrown in jail. So, you know, it's just absolutely ridiculous that when you see these Palestinian Hamas terror group pro uh, sympathizers attacking the Capitol Hill police just in the last days and sending them to the hospital. You know, why is that not being treated like an insurrection? You know, it just doesn't make any sense. Unmarked state trooper vehicle. Here's the guy. Unmarked state trooper vehicle. So here's what he's saying. Unmarked state trooper vehicles. Unmarked state trooper vehicle. Two black SUVs. There's three state vehicles, state trooper vehicles escorted. Four Antifa shuttle buses right here front center. There was actually five vehicles total. There was three up front, two in the back. They escorted right here, waited for them to get off their buses, and then the state troopers unloaded and took their positions. Watch. There's the that guy. He had his lights on. They were coming. And then there's the ones up front, too. They escorted. And each one of those buses are labeled. They're all paid charter buses. Look at that, bro. Here's the black SUVs up front. And let's wait till you see who leads Wow. They freaking brought damn Antifa here. They escorted them here. You've literally. got to be. Lights flashing You've all. got to be effing kidding me. Lights flashing Patriots, are you guys watching this? You guys. That's for real. That is just real. And at that time, you know, they're videotaping that. They had no idea of how the J6 protests were going to go down. This was not, you know, they could not have known their future, right? They could have known. that. So this is not like a biased political uh, fake to try to right a wrong. There, were no, there, were, there was no wrong committed here according to them. They were wondering why it was at that time that Antifa was showing up in government government vehicles. I believe they did the same thing in Charlottesville. You know, they had, uh, they brought out these white uh, supremacists and at the time, we didn't really know that the FBI was doing this kind of thing. Now we see it all the time. They wear their khaki pants, their masks, their helmets, their whatever. And one time, they went after these white supremacists, Trump supporters did, and tried to pull their masks down. And of course, they were like, no, you can't show my face because, you know. Two black SUVs. All right, so we're going to go ahead and take this same, same, same caller as before. 
that just happened here in Utah. When Biden came into town, there was a gentleman who posted uh, a picture of himself with a gillion. Wait a second. Wait, wait a second. I got this. I got this thing that's just um, going off. Oh, sorry about that. Um, go ahead. So the man posted a picture of himself with a ghillie suit here in Provo, Utah. Okay. When Biden came into town. Um, FBI, SWAT teams went in, basically shot him dead at his doorstep in his neighborhood. Oh, wow. No no cam footage, no cam footage at all. The news didn't talk about that, though, did you? You didn't. It was very, it was swept under the car- carpet real fast, like, like all hmm. stuff, you know? So that was in Provo, Utah, just for your info. By the way, I mean, and the FBI denies it, the media denies it. Just like the media denies that there's election fraud, and so does Fannie Willis in Georgia. But now they found out, the judge just issued a new ruling that said that there are serious concerns about Dominion voting machines, which is all Georgia uses. And Trump is being brought to bear in Georgia because he questioned the integrity of an election, and his attorneys did most of the speaking about it. And they all pleaded, uh, they made a plea deal, and they're trying to go after Trump and get Trump. But Trump, again, right again, because now they're finding out, you know, how many years later that there was real problems with the Georgia voting machines. Uh, of course, we know George the problem that, that was going on in Arizona. There was problems in a lot of states, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, even Virginia, Nevada, all of those states. We got them right here. What is it called? The um, Dominion? The new voting thing that they do. What's that? It's the ranked choice, ranked choice voting here. What is that? It's terrible. What is ranked? Uh, just, just tell me. It just it broadens the, your spectrum. It gives you like one, two, three. It's, it's, you got to vote for three different people. It's, it's out of control, and this is this is happening at the local level. Oh, uh, oh, level. wow. Okay, so you have to vote for three people. Like, who's your second choice? Yeah. So, wow, that's Crazy. weird. That's absolutely and we have a Democratic weird. Democratic mayor, and she was against it. You know why? You know why they want it. You want you you want to know why? Because one of the things that didn't make sense when they were talking about these voting machines is they were talking about fractional votes. It's like, wait, isn't a vote just one? You're like, why are we complicating this? Why is it complicated? It's like they either because it's one or a zero. But once they get into this rank voting, right, this fractional voting, now it's a percentage. Now they could break down the percentages and work with algorithms to weight them. Because it's no longer binary one zero, right? It's no longer binary. It's fractional. And once they get into the world of fractional votes, they can change the algorithm and they can make it so someone like Joe Biden is one point two five votes and someone like Trump is point seven five votes, right? And and that makes two, right? But I mean the the point is that makes a whole number. But they could they could say okay Trump's going to win by twenty five percent we we got to give him a fraction of like say fifty seven percent everybody who votes for Trump he gets fifty percent of that vote and the other forty three percent goes to Biden you know what I mean plus whatever vote Biden gets 
So, I mean, All it's I fractional. Is, it's going to be time to step away from this stuff anymore. It's, it's, it's at that point in the United States. Well, where, I just don't know why the Supreme Court doesn't weigh in and, and, and create some sort of federal guideline as to what's right and what's wrong. Like certain things are violations. But the Supreme Court is only supposed to rule on constitutional stuff. They, they're not... They're not supposed to legislate from the bench. Yeah, and here's the problem with the vote, voting um, elections. Ele- the elections were never really part of the Constitution. Um, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a constitutional scholar, but like voter ID, for example. Like, yeah, we're supposed to have free and fair elections, but things that ha- like voter ID requirements and civil rights uh, associated with that, um, those were never part of the Constitution, so the S- Supreme Court can't really weigh in. They'd have no guidance. You see what I mean? And not only yeah, that, so but the elections are well, are blown to the power what of the states. Doing on your show? What's that? What I would start doing? Uh, you know, it's a very important thing to do on like your show. I'm just going to give you some constructive criticism. Okay, I start pulling in some constitutional scholars. Well, that's Gr. Gr. Mobley. We have him on Red State, and. Uh, He's uh, someone I talk to, you know, from time to time, and uh, he I can get him on my show anytime I want, and he's really good at that stuff. He knows the it. people are uneducated on on, on the Constitution, and, yeah. and I'm still learning, but I, I I kind of indulge in it quite frequently. You know, it's like the border crisis. Yeah, Abbott should have declared war. That he should have done that ten months ago. Yeah, he should have declared war on Mexico, shut his borders down, and put armed guards on the Rio Grande. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for calling in today. Thank you. I'm sorry, but I, I just thought I'd, I'd give you that story. I got you. I got you. I appreciate Take it. Care. Thanks. All right. So um, we are going to go ahead and listen to Marjorie Taylor Greene. Same hearing, and uh, this one's pretty good too. I just have to make sure that um, uh, we got the phone system so it doesn't ring through. Um, all right, here we go. We're going to go ahead and play this Marjorie Taylor Green clip. Mr. Ray, do you remember on October 18th when the Capitol complex uh, was illegally occupied, breaking same laws that you have hunted down Americans for from January 6th? Are you familiar with this? I don't recognize the picture that you're holding. Well, because maybe your agents haven't been doing a good job into investigating the organizers that broke the law, illegally occupied this very building that we're sitting in right now, and over 300 of them were arrested. Some of them attacked police officers. I haven't seen on the news where the FBI is hunting them down with helicopters, tanks in the streets, raiding their homes with flashbangs targeting these people, watching these people, throwing them in jail for them to stay in pre-trial in solitary confinement for years before they ever face trial. You want to know what this says? I'll tell you. This is one of the organizer's phones, and this is a chat, and it says at the top, Global Intifada. Now, while we're talking about terrorism today, are you familiar with the term Intifada? Uh, I've certainly heard the term. Do you know the definition? I'm not going to try to define it. but It means Arab uprising or jihad. Are you concerned about jihad in this country? 
I am, and I have consistently testified to that effect. Yes, but are you interested in using the the FBI? You are the director of the FBI. Do you hunt down terrorists in our country? Those that would be responsible for jihad? Absolutely, and that's why we've had jihadist-inspired terrorism at our highest national threat priority level since the day that I started as FBI director. Do you still use the Southern Poverty Law Center as a source? You, you use them. The FBI used the Southern Poverty Law Center as a source when targeting Catholics. Are you still using the Southern Poverty Law Center as a source? Congresswoman, what I think you're referring to is the so-called Richmond intelligence product, uh, which we, as soon as I learned about it, I was horrified, withdrew it. We had an inspection done, and part of the problem that we found with that particular product, by that particular office, is precisely what you're talking about, the reliance on uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center and the way in which they relied on it. Well, you relied on the Southern Poverty Law Center, but I would have you know, Mr. Ray, that... This one right here, this person involved in the global Intifada group that illegally, they broke the law, came in and occupied the Cannon Office House building, interrupted Congress, interrupted hearings. Right here, Katrina Bleakley is the lead attorney for the Southern Poverty Law Center. Were you aware of this? Uh, Congresswoman, as I said, I haven't seen the photos that you're holding up uh, before. Maybe, well, I posted them on my Twitter account. It's, it's public. You know, maybe I don't you guys spend are, a lot of time on Twitter. Well, you know, you, you sh- oh, I'm sure you do because the Department of Homeland Security and organized with other offices has censored many Americans, including myself. I'm not me, part of the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, right. Mr. Ray, you should, you should be, you should be interested in investigating terrorism. And this right here is proof that we had terrorists in our own office building, global intifada. And you rely on the Southern Poverty Law Centers. Katrina Bleakley is one of the organizers. I'll send this over to your office so maybe perhaps you can stop targeting innocent grandmothers and veterans who walk through the Capitol on January 6th and might after might actually go after people tied to Hamas, tied to Hezbollah, and likely Iran. Mr. Ray, are you interested in members of Congress that are that are organized and participating in a Facebook group? that has ties to Hamas? Uh, We're not investigating people for participating in a Facebook group. A a Facebook group that is tied to Hamas? We have multiple investigations into individuals affiliated with Hamas uh, and their active investigations. You're going to tell me as FBI director you will not investigate Americans or United States members of Congress that are linked to known terrorists? That's not what I said. Are you going to investigate or not? We are going to investigate individuals who are affiliated with Hamas if they meet our standards for predication, which are longstanding standards set by uh, this department and the prior department and the department before that. I would hope to God that Intifada and Jihad and terrorists in our very country would be something that you would prioritize instead of a three-hour event that happened at the Capitol nearly four years ago, Mr. Ray. I yield back my time, Mr. Chairman. Yeah, Ray is a scumbag. I mean, he really is first-class scum. And uh, what he has done to divide our country is unprecedented. I think it's unprecedented. Um, Here, you know, we have six U.S. Capitol police officers were injured as a violent leftist mob attacked the headquarters of a major political party. I think it was the DNC, because 
the left is eating their own because of Palestine, which is so stupid. You know, I mean, there's this really great clip right here that I love. This is with Benny Benny Johnson and Byron Donald. And Benny Johnson is describing how he walked in front of Rashida Tlaib's office and saw a pride flag and a Palestinian flag, a gay pride flag, you know, LGBTQ flag, and then a Palestinian flag, and how that just is so ridiculously stupid uh, to, to honor both flags outside of your congressional office. But let's take a listen. And I walked by her office. By the way, forgive forgive the music, but uh, I can't. You know, this is the only clip I have of this. It's it's too good. You have to put up with the music. But um, he he just said, "I walked by her office." And she has the, the Palestinian flag, uh, right? Palestinian and, but flag. But she also has the, the Pride Progress flag. Yeah, I know. Which does really seem like a dichotomy to me. It doesn't seem like that should be. You should that, that's not the same world, right? Like the look. The, I, to, to be totally honest, not even to be glib about it, for people in the LGBTQ community who are pro-Palestinian, quasi-pro-Hamas, pro-Hezbollah, they do realize that if they were in Gaza or in Lebanon, that they would be tortured and executed. They do that. That's what they yeah. do. That's what the UN says they do. So like, I don't understand how you could be in support of groups politically that would kill you. Literally. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make any sense, but the left never makes sense. So here's Charlie Kirk gets it. This dystopian culture of the USA. Are we going to stand for this? Vote them out and save our country. Here's a guy. So he he was bored with class and Charlie was Charlie Kirk uh, meeting and he was bored with his class and he, he said he went to to the bathroom and in the urinal there was a a note for do not put menstrual whatever in the urinal like okay (laughs) think about that for a second think about how ridiculously stupid that is right insane that is that you're standing in front of a urinal to pee and you have a note in front of you that's basically saying don't deposit menstrual stuff in the urinal because I mean, it's gaslighting and lying all the time. It's what Netflix does with every one of their programs, tries to manipulate the mind. It's a PSYOP, DARPA. It's crazy. What they, what lengths they'll go to, to try to mess with your head. We're living in a very messed up world right now. Today I was bored in class, so I decided to go to the bathroom. I saw a sticker above the urinal that said, "Do not deposit menstrual hygiene products in the toilet." Use container provided for this purpose. UCLA sticker. What is the equivalent going to be of this in 20 years from now? Where does it go in 20 years? Where does it go in two years, man? The argument some people made, but Charlie, how does that bother you? How does that <laughs> sign 
impact you. I don't like lies, and you shouldn't either. That right there is a lie against nature. They're trying to provoke people to act insane and to act in a certain way. Again, as a reminder that they're in charge and you aren't. There's two authors that haven't been wrong yet. Orwell is the most quoted. Huxley is the least quoted. Read Aldous Huxley's book, Brave New World, and it's not good. It is the complete demolition of sexual boundaries and barriers, no differences between men and women, the mass medication of society, everybody belongs to everybody is the phrase that they would use. It's dystopian. I have no idea where it heads, but we're just beginning that descent into moral abyss and chaos. Today, I was yeah, I mean, this is what we're dealing with, though. Uh, it's not rational. So um, this is another one that's just in the same vein, right? It's very interesting and entertaining. This is a woke leftist woman, and she's talking with the commentator, uh, the guy that's interviewing her, and she's basically saying how messed up America's system is, but, you know, again, she doesn't doesn't really quite get it. <laughs> so let's take a listen. You'll appreciate this. She wasn't ready. Dominant narrative in America is white people are evil, <clears throat> white people suck, we should be ashamed of ourselves. And I don't think we, we should are... be ashamed of ourselves. I think that we should take responsibility for the system that we've created. The best system in the world? Oh, we do not have the best system Who in the world. Who has a better system? <laughs> there are many European countries that have are much better off. Oh, than you us. mean like the European countries with a higher density of whites, like Northern Europe? <laughs> uh, that's one way to phrase it, I guess. You don't mean Turkey? No. <laughs> You don't mean Eastern Europe no. with the communists. So the only time you can come up with a system that's better than America, it's a country that's more white than America. Emotional damage! <laughs> I love that last part. <laughs> Emotional damage! She was stumped. <laughs> I love it. All right, we got a serious uh, story out of New York. Um, Eric Adams, uh, again, we opened the show today talking about campaign finance reform and how needed it is because these corporate donor classes are ruling the world. Just ask Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum, who alliances and partners with Pfizer and BlackRock all day and every day. And this usurping of a middle-class power, this attack on the middle class, and this inflation is another form of attack, and this profiteering uh, for the BlackRock shareholders um, and their control and stranglehold over the media. We read a report recently, you know, that uh, Anderson Cooper's $12 million salary, $10 million of that, came from Pfizer alone. This money is a drop in the bucket because they guarantee, they're guaranteed these corporate contracts or these government contracts, I should say. Like under COVID, they made billions of dollars and they were already prepared with vaccines that they rolled out and profited from. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shame because so many people lost their lives. We're finding out now, of course, that the ventilators were were the wrong treatment. And remember um, when uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo was like, what was begging for ventilators? Somehow had them locked up in a storage, wasn't even using them, but he was like, how many people need to die? Right? He was being so dramatic. 
politicizing every aspect of it. And they were wrong all the way across the board on everything. They lied. Well, let's take a listen to this. New York City Democrat Mayor Eric Adams has his phone seized by the FBI because he's receiving money from Turkey when it comes to campaign donations. Who's he serving? Here in New York City, the FBI. And and how's he walking around with $10,000 suits and cufflinks? seizing electronic devices belonging to Mayor Eric Adams as part of a corruption investigation, taking them from him right on a city street. Jonathan Deans has the late details. In what appears to be a growing federal corruption investigation, the FBI has seized the electronic devices of New York City's Democratic Mayor Eric Adams. The FBI approaching Adams Monday. Two sources familiar with the matter say the mayor turned over two cell phones and an iPad and later turned over additional electronic devices. The mayor's attorney saying tonight he's not been accused of wrongdoing and continues to cooperate with the investigation. Adams tonight saying, I have nothing to hide. Questions appear to center around Adams' chief campaign fundraiser, 25-year-old Brianna Suggs, whose home was raided by agents several days ago. Earlier this week, Adams voiced support for Suggs, who has not commented publicly. I sleep well at night. Uh, I am clear that we follow the rules. We follow the rules. Investigators are in part looking into possible campaign donations tied to a construction firm and its ties to Turkey. But a source familiar with the matter says late last week, it was the mayor and his lawyers who turned over information about additional wrongdoing separate from the campaign finance investigation. One of the mayor's lawyers says in the spirit of transparency and cooperation, this behavior was immediately and proactively reported to investigators. All right, Jonathan joins us live in studio. So, Jonathan, what you're reporting here is a remarkable scene. Those devices taken by the FBI from the mayor on a New York City street. Yeah, Tom, we're told that the mayor was coming out of a speech near NYU. This, as we're told, the FBI first considered seizing the devices during the mayor's appearance Sunday at the New York City Marathon. Again, the mayor denies any wrongdoing and no charges, Tom, have been filed in this investigation. All right. You gotta, you got, you gotta wonder. Also, um, oh, this show came up uh, to the end real quick. Uh, you gotta wonder also if maybe they're trying to neutralize a threat because Eric Adams has already suggested that he would run for president at some point. Maybe it's the Biden FBI striking again um, because he fits the profile, you know. Um, All right. So uh, in any case, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out MAGAPAC.org. Find out how you can help us advance America First policies to make America great again. Also, uh, donations over at MAGAPAC help keep the Scott Adams Show commercial free because we're partnered with BugleCall.org and MAGAPAC.org. And scottadamshow.com, if you want to get the latest on our podcasts, check us out on Spotify and any other podcast. Use Red State over at mypillow.com. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Today.